Hello, I'm Greg Howard Jr. and this is Don't Make This Weird, the podcast. Each week I invite a special guest to talk about their life, news, politics, and anything else that may come up. Head over to the Patreon where you'll get the random questions game, a secret from my guest. You get some merch for being a loyal patron and you get this whole episode uncut and without this bit about joining the Patreon. So head over to patreon.com forward slash springbreak83 productions to join now. So this is the um, second of two episodes about love. Um, it's the first time I've, I've done anything like this. Um, usually it's all politics and talking shit and two people that I like a whole lot in this world. Um, they found love and I feel like that should be celebrated. Um, so today I am here with Eliana Myron. Hi. Hi. <laughs> okay, so let's get the messiest question out of the way first. Um, <laughs> who slid into whose DMs first? You can take that one, Myron. <laughs> Very much, uh, my love. So, uh, Greg A, thank you for inviting us uh, both on. And uh, so let's just, yeah, so I, I love your approach. Dive right in. So last winter, um, Elena posted a beautiful, all her pictures are beautiful, but she posted a particularly beautiful picture. And we're frozen. Type party. It's frozen. And she, uh, the picture was gorgeous. Her hair was done up and makeup. But, um, and looking at the photo and the hundreds of comments, right? Everyone's talking about you know, how lovely she is and all this stuff. I studied the photo that one night and I wanted to find something unique um, to compliment her on. So it was sort of stand out in a wave of comments. And uh, I found something very authentic that I actually really did like. She had on long gloves, the, the type of, um, that come all the way up to your arm, your elbow. And when she was posed, and you could see the gloves of her elbow. And so uh, my comment, and this is our, our first uh, interaction, and we were mutuals, but we had never interacted uh, uh, to that degree. And my first comment to her was, it's the gloves for me. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, as soon as I saw that comment, I was like, oh, my God. Did Myron <laughs> just comment on my picture? I, I fangirled out a little bit, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and that's kind of where that started, but it wasn't in the DMs yet. Like he took his time a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Myron kind of answered my, my second question. Um, I was gonna ask how you first showed up on each other's radars. Um, but since Myron uh, answered that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick it over to you. Ma'am, <laughs> was it the comment or was it was it something else for you? It was definitely the comment. It was who it was from, because I already kind of had my eye on him. Um, 
but you know, his account was much bigger. I'm like, he's never going to even notice anything <laughs> that I'm posting. So when he did it, like it took me by surprise. And, and I liked what he said. It wasn't just like, Oh, you look so pretty, which I would have liked as well. But the attention to detail, I was like, Oh, he's looking. <laughs> <laughs> and that caught my attention. Yeah. So last winter, um, and without like, I mean, this is, this is not a family friendly show, um, <laughs> but like, were there, were there zoom dates or like, give, give me kind of just a rough overview of what the process was like. Um, Elian, if you mind, I'll jump in and you can fill in as well. Yeah, I mean, at first it was just those little interactions on the timeline, public things. And it took a couple of weeks before he slid in the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> and even then it was very, it was tame, right? I don't, I wasn't sure. I'm like, are we flirting? What's going on here? You know, and so it progressed gradually. And it wasn't until this summer that it really like, it ramped up. We went from DMs to text messages and then phone calls. It was just, sometimes we would be on the phone for like six, seven, eight hours in a day, you know? And I know that's unique because I, I'm off all summer long and his schedule was slightly more flexible. Obviously that's not possible now, but yeah, it just it turned into a lot of really long phone calls. And then eventually we moved to FaceTime. And then it was just, we reached the point, I think, Myron, that I was like, what are we doing here? Like, are we trying to do this for real? Because I think we should meet in person. <laughs> you can jump in. I know I talk too much, Myron. <laughs> That's the perfect uh, summary of very mild DMs and then mild text messages and then uh, phone conversations. And uh, I'm very slow and deliberate. And though in my head, it was uh, <laughs> very fast and sexy horny. And, but as you heard, Elianda said, <laughs> oh, it's a <laughs> and so she, she, and she did, she's uh, very, she's a New York, I'm a California. So she's a lot more direct and specific than I am. And I tend to sit back and wait and think things through. And, um, but I agree with everything she was saying and suggesting because I was thinking those things, but I'm just not as quick as she is in saying those things. So Emily said, uh, well, she just said that, what are we doing? Are we gonna get together? Am I coming to see you? And I think I, I just responded, yeah, let's do this. And then a week later, she was in Sacramento. And um, yeah, here we are. Sacramento was um, hot. Well, because it's summertime, so Sacramento is hot. I mean, Lord, here we go. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I like, I try to pay attention 
um, to like people's interactions on the timeline. And like, I will, I will say that, you know, when the picture of the two of you popped up and like, I retweeted it, like, Oh, look at my friends. My friends are hanging out. And I said, this is the only buddy cop movie that I ever want. And you were like, more like a rom-com. And I, I had to sit there with it for a minute. I went, Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm on board for this. <laughs> so did, did y'all expect like the explosion of love and support from everybody that you got? I'll go first on this one. So no, I was, I was really surprised and shocked and overwhelmed, frankly, um, because uh, I mean, like Elian said, I have a larger platform, not large, it's not large, but larger than hers. And I've always had very open conversations on the timeline. My DMs are always open. And um, I didn't think anyone was interested to that degree. And I tweet about random stuff, you know, like all of us, politics, yeah. uh, you know, movies, my kids, just random, my books and stuff. Um, I didn't really expect that. But I, I, in my mind, only one other person knew. Um, Tiffany knew. Tiff knew. <laughs> She was in on the whole thing the entire time. <laughs> on my, <laughs> my side, she was the only one that did. Now, I, don't, I can't speak for Alien, but, and so I knew she would say something to be out with it. But all the rest, even your retweet, right? And all, it just, it was, it was a flood. But we also knew it was a gorgeous picture. Like, that's a great picture that, um, that, that we took in. We, we discussed it beforehand. Hey, do you want to put this on the timeline? And then I may have chosen that you one. chose it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I wrote the caption, which seemed to confuse everybody, right? Like <laughs> a writer and a teacher get into a Prius. And I feel like a lot of people were like, oh, that's so nice. They're hanging out. They're friends. Yeah. Like, no, wait, wait. <laughs> we're in a relationship. We're, we're going official. <laughs> And then everybody said, oh, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> we were like five, six, seven hundred comments deep and thousand likes. And it was just like, oh, my God. Look at that. It was really lovely, though, because it's, you know, Twitter could be kind of a hellscape there. You know, there's times where you log on and just everything fucking sucks, <laughs> you know. And that week, I remember being particularly sucky. And everybody's like, oh, my God, thank you for freshening up the timeline, you know, and I just it was nice. I I expected some of that, but not to that extent. You know, I, I was really happy with that. It was overwhelming. It's nice. Yeah, I'm trying to think what was happening that week, because it was it was particularly bad on Twitter that week. It was. And, 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 you know, so many horrible weeks have happened since then. <laughs> right. It's hard to even go back to that week and say, wait, what was happening? Yeah, I think it was, a, I think it was Afghanistan withdrawal and just some, maybe some of that January 6th shenanigans or something, something like that was all. And I just feel like there was a lot of drama on the timeline that week. I don't know. I can't, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something. Sure. That was it was the it was the week that um Connor Lamb announced 
and there was the oh. there was the big Connor Lamb, Malcolm Kenyatta, like yes, everybody quit talking. Yes, that's true. Oh my gosh, you're right. Yep. Those great, <laughs> great intra-family fights, you know, we get into over these political candidates and things, and everybody's saucy with each other, and it's just, you know, you're going back and forth, and everyone's just snippy. And um, Ellen was right, her timing, her instincts are always good, but her instincts were good. Let's put it out there right now. And I think I was sort of thinking it was sliding under the radar, and it, that didn't happen at all. <laughs> yeah, we did not fly under the radar. <laughs> so what is it, how does it feel to know that like, since y'all have announced y'all, you know, that there's now been like three more Twitter, like y'all set off like this trend of Twitter to real life couples. Like, like, are you romantic influencers now? Is that what we're, are we? <laughs> you know, I think we just, I think these things were brewing and happening already organically. And I just think that seeing that it wasn't received with toxicity, kind of allowed other people to say, well, maybe I could be open about what I've got going on. I, you know, I think a lot of these relationships were already brewing before we came out publicly. I just, I think it, you know, it kind of ripped the bandaid off. <laughs> you never know how things are going to be received. Okay, you know what, Elian, who, who is the couple? Um, they actually announced before I say someone moved across country. Who was that? I can't think of the name now. That, that was Eden, didn't you guys? Uh, oh, oh, okay. That's that's Eden and yeah. Dia. Okay. All right. I've got, because I saw your picture before I saw their picture. Yes. Because we talked, their picture came out and then Ellie and I talked about, look, it's just like us. So they were actually before us. Yeah. I think it was sort of a, pro again, I think it was timing, but I, I like your point that it, they were, these things were brewing and um, it just, the moment, the moment was right, and the moment we saw it just hit. It, it's like those random things on Twitter. You know how great you can you can tweet something wonderful, and nobody likes it. And Twitter just buries it, and then you can tweet something just as random, like "I love SpongeBob," and all of a sudden it goes viral. <laughs> and you don't know. Well, and there was one of the um, one of the trending topics on uh, Twitter. I think it was yesterday was um twinder saw that i saw that <laughs> i mean twitter really is a dating app isn't it, it yeah if apparently apparently so <laughs> I mean, no let's not let's not um lead out um Elian's very famous uh twitter after dark oh, freaky oh, friday friday and can I just say, we do not need to suspend Freaky Friday just because Ellie is in a relationship. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we need to bring it back. We we were having some fun Friday nights, yes. <laughs> all your comments bookmarked from all your Freaky Fridays. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Taking notes. Taking notes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have a little list. A little list. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> um, but I, you know, it, I, I love it because it's a very open forum, 
and you you already preface it with, and everyone goes with it. You know, there's no judgment. There's no um, criti- criticism. It's just open and sharing, and you can question if you don't know something, and you have um, your topics range. It's, it's a great range of topics and the things that people feel no one has to talk about anything, but people feel compelled to talk about it talk about things and then you have people like me you know I, i'm just sort of watching every now and then i'll put a little <laughs> in there but i think that you know from a from a um, a, a modern adult consent-based sexual discussion is very very good i agree i think there's i think there's a not there's not enough of that like Human, human sexuality is still very taboo and you know I, I feel like maybe if more people you know join twitter oh there's a cat yeah hi he's making an appearance <laughs> you know what I, I love that you're um i think greg you were hitting on this um Elian, your your freaky friday covers the range of genders it covers uh things that um General that out, general society can sometimes seem taboo, but your group and your followers and the commenters handle it all with maturity and fun and humor and but again no judgment no attacks and I think it's really nice how like you'll have someone like me a cis straight black male and I'll see um, like either gay men gay women trans women trans men talk about things and you just you're seeing this and you're learning. And it's an open forum. You can actually question, or you can understand the joke. Maybe you you don't participate in the joke because you still want to be mindful of boundaries and things like that in lanes. But <laughs> you're still part of a community that's having this open discussion. And it's um, I think it's one of the really nice safe spaces on Twitter. I agree. Yeah, we we've, we've got to bring it back. Yeah, we really do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we really do because this past Friday I played on. I played The Sims. Like, <laughs> I know we. I, I'm gonna get a topic together for this Friday. We're gonna do this. Yes. It's been too long. <laughs> it's a good outlet for everybody. Yes. And isn't this a holiday weekend? Isn't isn't Monday a holiday? Um. The ne- the following Monday. Oh, okay. It, Indigenous People's Day. That one. Teachers always know it's holiday. It's Monday off. Well, yes, because we have off. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That is on the calendar. (laughs) So we have really important because we're, we're by coastal, (laughs) we're long distance. And with the time difference, it's really tricky sometimes to schedule time together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we have come to the point in the show where I like to pull a listener email out of the inbox and get uh, your thoughts on what the listener would like to know. Uh, this week's letter comes to us from Angela in Berlin. Um, hello, Angela. Thank you yes, for ma'am. listening. Um Angela would like to know if Americans really spend as much money on first dates as they say they do on social media, and if so, why? Oh, 
Oh, that's a good one. Babe, oh. go ahead, take this. Oh, um, well, we take our first, so I guess our first, so we went to Zocalo's for dinner. It would be that, yes. Yes. Um, and I would say we just had a very basic dinner, appetizer dinner, uh, sort of a high-end uh, Mex Mexican restaurant. And I think LA maybe had one, two drinks. I don't know. I don't recall. One drink. So we were probably $60. Yeah. It was not that $800 dinner. Like, who the hell wants to spend that much money on a freaking dinner? I'm sorry, but no. Like, save that money for an experience. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's go on vacation with that shit. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to drop $800 on dinner. I could probably cook you something better and we spent less. Right. Just say. <laughs> because like the, the post that I'm thinking about is the one from this weekend where like a glass of water was like $9. And I was like, why though? Like, there was that that was in Miami right yeah yeah you know like Miami New York those prices they'd be like that like you'll go to the bar and get a beer which if you buy a six-pack at the store you're spending ten dollars you're gonna spend ten dollars on that one beer in the bar that's just that's that city shit you know it's ridiculous like I saw that receipt and the one that stands out for me as a lover of ice cream the ice cream Sunday on that receipt was $65. I mean, that is a, for ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> for $65, that ice cream better come home with me and clean my whole damn house. Like, yeah, like, give just... me an orgasm and then clean up after yourself. Like, what the fuck? $60 for ice cream. Nah. As a writer, that $65 better edit my next post. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just. For like 10 bucks, you can get like three pints of Ben and Jerry's and like sit at home in the privacy of your own house in your underwear and like watch movies and shit. Like why? You know what? I, I don't mind, you know, an event dinner where you splurge and, you know, you have a good time maybe with other friends or something like that. Those are different, but regular dates, even a first date, we were at a very nice restaurant, beautiful setting, flowers everywhere, really, really kind people. The music was on point. There weren't TVs blasting and our servers were kind. And we had a really nice meal. And I'm, I'm guessing, I can't remember exactly, but somewhere between 50 and $70. We were somewhere in that range. And it was- It was like under 100. Under 100. Yeah. And which, is, which is reasonable. Like, they, Like, you know, you shouldn't have to take out a second mortgage to take somebody on a date. <laughs> like, I just, I wonder though, these people who are spending, you know, 800 plus dollars on a first date, what do you follow that with? Exactly. I mean, that's a lot to live up to. And, and also, what is it, what are you trying to prove? And for yeah. what reason, you know? When you're, you, you have a, a snack at a third or eighth date and you scramble up a couple of eggs at home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a slice of wheat, to wheat toast and a cup of Keurig coffee, that's not $800. <laughs>
But see, those are those are like those are the kind of dates that I like where like you've you've been up all night talking and like, you know, next thing you know, oh, shit, the sun's coming up. So you make Mm -hmm. breakfast together and, you know, it costs nothing. Yeah. And those were my favorite times, our morning coffee, you know, just sitting (laughs) and being in what we call like the spaces that filling the spaces in between. Right. Because that's the really important stuff. Right. Not the. Oh, we went out to do this. We went out to do that. We spend money on this and spend money on that. It's like, what do you do in those in between times? How do you spend that time? For me, that's the most important. It is. You bring that up because it's not funny, but I love that because um, so we had that date that night. And then the next morning, we were sitting around and Eliane was sitting in, we were at my house. She had visited, visited me here in California, in Sacramento. She was sitting in my uh, sort of my dining room, but I, I like to call it my coffee shop because uh, I just have a couple of chairs there and a little thing and really, really pretty windows. And I was I was in the kitchen and she was just sitting there in this chair and she had a cup of coffee and she was on her phone or something. But the little skinny little snapshot, I, I have this picture, but I won't post it because she's in there. <laughs> uh, but it's a gorgeous picture. She's just sitting there. And just just a moment of solitude that you're sort of observing, but it was after that first date dinner, and it was just a, um, a beautiful scene. She was the beauty in the scene, but it was also what was around her. She was so comfortable and in in her being, right, sort of in her power, right there. And to me, that was the conclusion of the first date, and it was it was it was beautiful in its simplicity. I, I think is what I'm getting to. So um, I, I do have that picture, but I, I look at it every other day. <laughs> oh, baby. You're so cute. <laughs> See, it, folks listening at home, less is more. Less is more. Absolutely. It's like, how do you fill the spaces in between? That's really what matters. The relationship. So I would be, I would be remiss um, if I let an entire episode of the show go and we didn't talk about politics just a little bit. Um, so one of the one of the bigger stories um, right now, at least in our corner of the Twitter sphere, uh, the vice president was on The View the other day. And shortly before her interview was scheduled to happen, <clears throat> two of the co-hosts of The View were, were pulled um, after testing positive for COVID. Um, we have since learned that they were false positives. Um, what, what are y'all's thoughts on all these conspiracy theories? Um, that have since cropped up about why Sonny and Anna were pulled from the panel that day. Okay, I'll go. So um, a couple of things. Uh, I, I, someone tweeted this, and I'm very sorry, can I remember? But I think it's the perfect uh, response to that. Um, MVP Harris fought her way to become uh, EA in San Francisco, 
against a very popular uh, uh, Democrat. Uh, she fought her way up to be uh, Attorney General uh, on through the uh, primaries as Vice President. And uh, MVP Harris is not afraid of a question. <laughs> Whether that question is from a friendly or someone, you know, a not friendly or uh, if it's hurled in a receiving line or if it's in a studio or, tra- or if it's in a courtroom. Mm-hmm. She, has, she has fought for women and children and our LGBTQI community. Um, she has proven fearlessness that comes with being who she yeah, is. Asian woman, a very strong uh, family. Uh, she's not afraid of a question from a non, from anybody, but in particular, a light, and I, I don't say this to disparage, but a lightweight morning TV show, right? Yeah. It's absurd. Just the idea of it is absolutely like I love how Myron is just so sweet and everything about it. Like I'm about to go off because it is completely fucking absurd to think that this woman who could make men shake in front of her with her questioning would be afraid of a question from a co-host on The View. And and then the other part of this is you can't have it both ways. Either she's an ineffectual, powerless person, or she is almighty, all powerful. She can't be both. So you're telling me she now has the power to just poof, create positive COVID tests because she doesn't want to answer a question. Like we haven't been told for many months now that the rapid test has a high degree of false positives. I mean, it's just absurd. Like, the absolute inability for people to just think critically or or just read a little bit, it freaking pisses me off. I mean, as a teacher, it's one of those things that I'm just like, we have all the information in the world available right there in your hand on your phone. You can't just pick it up and, and read all the, let me do my own research, people. Give me a break. Give me a fucking break. With these conspiracy theories, it's absurd. You know what's, what else is interesting about that? That she has to constantly combat the trope uh, that's pushed upon Black women, not so much her South Asian or Southeast Asian part, but her Black woman part about, you know, angry, aggressive, you know, and those kind of things. But there's something like this comes and it's like, oh, she's afraid. Well, to Elian's point, you, you, can't, you can't have both of those. You can't be, you know, tough, mean, and making Kavanaugh cry and <laughs> overguard Jeffrey Sessions, you know, piss his pants, but all of a sudden she's scared of Sonny, Sonny on The View. <laughs> Silly. No disrespect to Sonny, but come on, give me a break. Yeah. I just like, and like some of it was just, you know, as you, as you said, just absolutely absurd. Like, come on now. <laughs> like this is this the most powerful woman in the world and you think she's just gonna waltz into a tv studio where two people have just 
tested positive for COVID, false positive or not, like it's a safety thing. Yeah. Like the idea of the presidency and the vice presidency is the country protects them 24 seven against everything. And, and you're always extra precautious. And you know what? She'll be back on the view. Like that, that's the thing. She will go back because she's that kind of person. She wants to, she's going to honor that agreement to sit down for an interview and she'll go back. And then the naysayers will find some other, okay. she laughed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. It was a silly manufactured uh, controversy of nothingness. Yeah. Personally, what I think it boils down to is people are scared of her because they know what she is. They know what she can do. And it terrifies a lot of people that she has that power and they know it. They know it. So they're going to come up with anything they can think of to discredit her, to tarnish her image. Like we've got to be prepared because this is just going to ramp up, you know, (laughs) in the coming midterm elections, the next presidential election, whether she's running in 2024, 2028, it doesn't matter. It's the attacks are going to keep coming. We have to get really prepared for that. It's just the way that we were the ones kind of handling the misinformation during the primaries. I feel like it's going to come down on us again to, to continue that work. Well, you know what? That's a great point, Rob, because not so coincidentally with the view um, kerfuffle, some of her blue-checked naysayers all came out of the woodworks and a very I'm not going to say it was coordinated, but it was coordinated all with negative posts all of a sudden targeting MVP Harris again, just like that group was doing during the primaries. And so so it, it just, it was well coordinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, to your point, Eliane, that in 2022, 2024, 26, 28, it, it, it will not, it will not stop. And uh, goes back all the way back to before she even announced her candidacy, we know that Russians, the Republicans, and some of the Sanders crowd were already targeting her uh, to, to try to damage her before the primaries even started, before she had even announced anything. Absolutely. Because even their stupid asses know better. You know what I mean? They could see the writing on the wall. They know what she's about and what she can do. And it terrifies people. Well, they, start, they started going after her um, even before she ran for the Senate, that first time she made an appearance at the DNC, like mm-hmm. they launched this campaign against her. And it's like, you know, if she was as ineffective and as, you know, inconsequential as y'all say, you, you wouldn't be worried about her. Like you, cause like, I don't, I don't worry about those you know, politicians who continue to lose. I'm not worried about that. Great to your point, going back to her speech there, that many, uh, many Democrats and her supporters, uh, even broader than that, people like us who supported Hillary Clinton, uh, started saying, we are not going to let them do her like they did Hillary Clinton. Right. We're not going to let them create that narrative. We're not going to let them just destroy her and not uh, fight back. Not that many of us weren't fighting back then, but it's 
the alien front is going to be more coordinated. It's going to be relentless, and we're going to we're going to push back against those false narratives that that you know they started trying to damage Hillary back in the '90s when she was pushing health care, you know, mm. all the way through her candidacy. So, um, and I think that's also one of the reasons uh, Hillary was such a strong supporter of MVP Harris. It is today. I think that's why, because she saw it as well. I know for a fact, well, not for a fact, but I do, <laughs> I'm really good at making inferences. Uh-oh, teacher Elian came out. Um, <laughs> I met Hillary Clinton in 2019 at a book signing. And this was, Kamala had already announced, you know, we were kind of in full swing in the primaries. And I purposely wore a Kamala Harris pin just to see if there would be any reaction. And both her and Chelsea, pointed it out right away. And they were like, I like your butt. I like your pin. Wink, wink. And I was like, oh my God, Hillary's K-Hive. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> and that was, you know, like early fall of 2019. I, I already knew. I already knew. Greg, well, let's just pause to uh, acknowledge the flex that Alien uh, just did. She met Hillary. Right. It was a book signing. Lots of people met her that day. <laughs> Did you also meet uh, Kamala? Twice. There you go. So see, see. <laughs> but and she to, was lovely. She was lovely, by the way. To your point about um, Hillary pointing out the button, um, I want to say it was like early spring, twenty twenty. Um, Mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms, came here to town um, to campaign for President Biden. And I went and had on the That Little Girl Was Me t-shirt. Oh, with, yes. And, you know, doing the photo line and, you know, got to be my turn. And she went, I see you. I was <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. The whole reason I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's got support and that scares people yeah that are against her you know but going back to the whole debacle with the view i i do have to say that it was a failure on the part of the producers of that show to not cut to a break before having them leave like to do that on camera <laughs> Like it just it reeks of unprofessionalism. Absolutely, and uh, unprofessionalism, and not being a, not demonstrating that they're aware of the importance of you're having the vice president, the first woman vice president on your show with a lot of pre-hype, and now in a during a, a active pandemic, and you're not prepared for what just happened. I mean, you have to run through those contingencies every day for two weeks leading up to that show. So, you know, you have muscle memory, you know what to do should something go wrong. Um, because Elliot said it earlier, we all know there are false positives. Like this happens every day with these rapid tests. They should have had a contingency for that. And the way they, um, they uh, the way their actions were that, that followed, to your point, Greg, it, it made it added unnecessary fuel to the unnecessary fake fire. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a skeptic. So part of me is like, 
was it them being unprepared or was it them being shady? There's that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You've been doing this show for how many, how many years the view's been on? Over 20, am I right? I mean, come on. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it almost makes me wonder if, you know, a lot like what we see with the Beltway media, if it was like a clickbait moment where they, you know, maybe the ratings aren't what they used to be. So they needed something. Yes. Yep. I, I tend to think that way. Yes. We're going to dispute it. Yeah. Uh-oh. yeah. You know, Sometimes not that... Not that I'm going to get on Twitter and like do a 97 tweet thread with like, <laughs> you know, me in front of a bulletin board and red strings pointing out how all this is, po- you know, it's just, it's, it's a thought I had, you know, yeah. and I'm sharing it with two of my friends. That's. <laughs> no, it's that thing where you say the simplest ex- explanation is usually the closest to the truth. And I yeah. think both of you get it. I'll, I'll, I'll stand back on she will eventually go on the view again. And I think I think that they all will talk about it and put it to bed. Cause she, it's funny because she has all those little small controversies. Like we're not talking Iran-Contra or <laughs> you know, January 6th you know, insurrection. You're talking the view. With <laughs> <laughs> yeah. respect to the the producers, the women that run that show, because I mean they have been on 20 years, so or whatever it's been. So no disrespect to them, but that is not sitting at a panel discussion at the UN. All the all the heads of states that she has been tasked with um, working with, working with the South American Triangle to address the root causes at the border, all the work on uh, the jobs plan, the recovery plan. You know, just all this work she's doing, it, it, she has no fear. It just, it makes no sense that she would be afraid of that and that, to your point, they great. Yeah. Maybe they were shady. So I think we'll, they'll get back together and they'll smooth it out. Well, and also, Sunny is an AKA. So it's it's not like they're not going to talk about it. Like, they're, they're probably <laughs> friends on Facebook. There's probably like a WhatsApp group or something. Like, yeah. I can guarantee with absolutely no proof that she and Sonny have talked. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) They have talked, yes. So we are, um, we're running headfirst into midterm season. Um, Are there any particular races that y'all are excited about? excited or just watching with like <laughs> trepidation um, Either no, or. I'm, looking at Florida. I'm looking at Florida you know I would really really love if Val Demings were to pick that seat up it would it would be really nice because I have family that lives in Florida my mother lives there my brother lives there and the things that are going on in that state are absolutely horrendous and we need to like rip that state away from the GOP in any way we can. So I think she, she's got a shot. So I think we need to you know, pay attention, fight misinformation, donate. We need that seat. 
I, I would go with Val. Um, I follow Sasha online, and she's going heavy in Pennsylvania. Um, I think you mentioned earlier we talked about Connor Lane. Yeah, Pennsylvania is going to be interesting. Yeah, I I will be happy if um, any of the two Democrats who are running for that seat win. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. I, I have I've been a little quiet watching the the, the, the sides. You know, people are taking sides um, on Malcolm and Connor. Malcolm and Connor, right? And, yeah. And as a Californian, I'm watching and see where it plays out. And I, I lean towards where you lean, Greg. I wanted them to win, right? And whichever one emerges, then that, that's what I'll support. And right now I'm watching what the people in Pennsylvania are saying. And I, I'm of the mind that either can win, I think Connor has a better chance of winning. So. I mean, I'm donating to both of them as, as well as Val Demings. Um, I, I actually, I just gave to um, Karen Bass, who announced today that she's running for mayor of LA. Um, oh, yay. Nice. So she's, she's going on my, um, on my donation rounds. Uh, who else? Uh, Sherry Beasley. She's Sherry another Beasley. one. Um, in Virginia. There, um, I think I saw something today about uh, is it the governorship in Virginia, though, or something. I yeah, yeah. Uh, that I, I want to like. I feel like the the polls have tightened up a little bit. Yeah, I know it's not midterm, midterm, but yeah, that governorship is important. Um, the mayor of uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms is not running for re-election, so the Atlanta mayoral race uh, is. I have mistakenly said in past episodes that it's next year. Um, it is actually this November. <laughs> um, so I, there's that. I hope we can uh, consolidate <laughs> the left wing of our party to help uh, put um, Democrats, whether they're left or central, I get get the support behind them and because we know the right part will be using they have a lot of snippets of uh, really terrible video from our far left wing criticizing democrats for any and everything mm -hmm. uh, democrats can use snippets of the former guy who has been endorsing crazy kind of anti-Republican, angry, crazy being, been doing. He just did the one the other day. He said he backhandedly endorsed Stacey Abrams over, over Kemp. You know, so I'm hoping that the DNC can use those snippets like we know the RNC is going to use snippets of the left wing criticizing um, the leadership, Democratic leadership. And I have noticed, you know, to your point of consolidating that there have there's been this trend recently of um, people of my complexion uh, are suddenly saying that the Democrats don't deserve their support anymore. 
And then when they're called out on the privilege of that, because being able to say that is a privilege, um, they're offended and go into their, I'm speaking specifically about one particular um, of the whites uh, who went on to say that she's switching to independent because independent voices are more valued as they were in 2016. I'm just, I'm so tired of white people. Like, oh I'll, I'll let Elian address that. Oh, I, it just, it gives me agita. You know what I mean? Like, I cannot. You know, it's easy to say that when your life doesn't literally depend on the outcome of these elections. And for a lot of people, it is a life and death issue. It will come down to, your everyday life and I, and it just pisses me off when people could be so cavalier about their vote in that way you know so many people have died just to try to get the the right to vote and you're just gonna take your vote and just eh, just cast it into the wind i mean it's it's the level of um i think great you call it privilege and i i agree with that I think there's also a level of selfishness and self-importance. Um, people are saying right now, and it's it is it is white Democrats, but it's also uh, and you you brought that up. I'm going to bring up the black Democrats, and I've mentioned it before. Um, we call them blue check, but you know that group of contrarian black Democrats who have that same negative energy for the Democratic Party, and I would say. And you're speaking of controversies and, and uh, conspiracies, I would say there's no um, coincidence that the forces pushing against or saying the Democrats have done nothing mm-hmm. and never and will never, those, all those factions, whether it's far left, whether it's far left white, or whether it's far left black, it's no coincidence they're all rising up right now right, leading into 2022, and it's just an effort to depress the votes so that Republicans can take over and that group can then say, you see, Democrats, right? It's just coordinated, in other words. Very coordinated. I know I said we wouldn't get into anything heavy and now here we are. We go from like sliding in the DMs to right. the threat of democracy. <laughs> Yay. Yay. As, as you do. Um, <laughs> so we have come to the point in the show um, where I ask all my guests 15 just completely random questions. Um, some of them I found online. Um, some of them people have sent to me. Uh, you know, they... They don't mean anything, uh, you know. Are we game to play? I'm ready. All right. Question number one: What website, not app, do you frequent the most? Google. Um, well, I'm a very self-centered person. I visit my own deardean.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my baby with the plug. <laughs> 
I was going to give you a chance to plug your stuff at the end of the show, sir. <laughs> like you didn't, you didn't have to slide that in there. It was, it was going to happen. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, I would say other than my, I would be Amazon. Like I was on Amazon. <laughs> okay. Uh, sweet tea or lemonade? Lemonade. See, that's a weird question because like it only, it only really works with like Southern people. Well, I was thinking of my southern family, you know, my grandparents and parents are from Texas, Louisiana, respectively, and that wing would say sweet tea, but I'm born in California, I don't like sweet tea. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry about offending anybody, but give me a <laughs> Um, Who is your favorite Spice Girl? Ooh. You know, for me, I have to... I have to choose like a combo between scary spice and ginger spice. I would say who um, who is male B? Which 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 spice is male B? Scary spice. And I and because I she used to be on this TV show that my daughter and I would watch, um, like I think America's Got Talent or something, something like that. And my daughter started liking her. She didn't like her as a spice girl. <laughs> <laughs> that male B on this TV show, right? I thought, that's all. Anyway, she'll be my favorite. Um, what is the most terrible thing that you've watched all the way through on a streaming service? <laughs> I was prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> and Tiff, don't kill me because I swear I'm not remixing, but I agree with her answer a few weeks back. It's definitely sex life. I cannot believe I watched all of those damn episodes. The acting was fucking trash, but damn it, I was hooked. Well, I thought it was. It was bad. It was good, bad, good, bad, right? Um, but you know, it's funny because I, I write, I frequently tweet movie reviews. So, and I purposely watch bad movies. Uh, just sometimes they're just really fun. But one of my favorite bad movies is The Midnight Meat Train. <laughs> right <laughs> right <laughs> was okay that is it bad but it it had it stars uh oh now i, I can't you know i'm sorry i can't, i draw a blank at his name but it's a famous actor who is the star of the show and it's just bonkers <laughs> it made me train uh pancakes or waffles first <laughs> pancakes with all but only with real maple syrup i knew he was gonna say that there's no <laughs> maple syrup if it's not real maple syrup he's not gonna eat it i, I choose waffles though what? nice belgian waffle mm. uh renaissance fair or a sci-fi convention <gasps> i'm going ren fair yes <laughs> I, I want my turkey leg. I want my little beer wench outfit. Yes, I'm all about it. Definitely sci-fi. Yeah. Um, do you have an unusual celebrity crush? Like somebody who, when you bring it up, people are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> this is hard-hitting journalism here, guys. Like, this is... <laughs> Well, mine is very basic, right? Very basic. And it's, um, 
Halle Berry, right? Um, is Halle Berry, Halle Berry is, yeah, Halle Berry. Uh, but let me say this about, thing about Halle Berry, and I've said her name like 10 times already. Uh, well, she's here, actually. Um, <laughs> you better back away from Halle Berry, Byron. <laughs> back away. <laughs> the little thing about Mrs. Halle Berry is that Somehow we used to be the same age, but now I'm older. But I, I don't, you know. I'm dead. Oh my God. <laughs> continuum, but hey, it is what it is. Gosh. Okay, so I'm going to go with a really random Matthew McConaughey in Dazed and Confused. Okay. All right. No, I. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That movie was so bad, but so good. Oh my God. Yes. I classic. <laughs> will confess that I own that movie on DVD. And yeah, I, so I, do I. <laughs> I have I have watched it recently, actually. <laughs> I do like that movie. Great soundtrack. Yes. Confession. I watched it recently. I was I was on a business and it was on a hotel. Uh, it was on TV. I had never seen the movie. And I was describing to Elian, hey, this movie has all these stars, these future stars in it. And I'm describing it to her and I go, Matthew McConaughey is playing like this punk tough guy or something. And Ben Affleck is like this weird pool guy. She goes, she goes oh my God, that's my favorite movie, Days of <laughs> He sent me like a shot, like a, like a picture of the TV screen and it was Ben Affleck, like when he was about to paddle one of the oh, yeah. freshman kids. And I was like, oh shit, it's dazed and confused. Then I started reciting lines. Yeah. Literally, like everybody and their dog is in that movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so for you, ma'am, uh, bra, always on or only when you have to. And for you, sir, underwear, always on or only when you have to. Only when I have to. I don't know if there's an only when I have to situation. <laughs> Myron be free, <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's hot. Like, sometimes it's just, it's, it's warm. You just gotta let it... Yeah. Old, uh, old 60s Motown song. Me, don't let it flop around. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Sweater or hoodie? Hoodie. Hoodie. All right. Um, if you could have an entire movie theater to yourself and you could watch any film in the entire world, what would you pick? I'm picking In Game again. Oh. In Game. Yeah, so. Well, both, both, like the, um, the full movie, like part one and part two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Beauty and the Beast. Live action or cartoon? Oof. Can I do a double feature? Watch the cartoon and then the live action? No, I, I'm, I, I like the classics. So I'll watch the cartoon version. Yes. Unpopular opinion. 
I thought the live action version was terrible. <gasps> I hated listen, it. I, listen, I felt the same way about Aladdin's live action. I, I don't like it when people mess with things that are already perfection in certain ways. And it, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to quote Donkey from Shrek, the little cross cartoon. <laughs> you cut me, Shrek. You cut me. <laughs> I love them both. <laughs> I will say, like, the live action Aladdin, it was visually stunning. It was. It was. But that's it. You yeah. have part of the original. I, I agree. No. You know, just like the Lion King live action was unnecessary. Like, there, <sighs> no part of that worked. Well, it makes me nervous for the Little Mermaid because the Little Mermaid, it was what, listen, I'm a, I, I was growing up in the 90s and those were my era of Disney movies, you know, and if they fuck up Little Mermaid, I'm going to be really pissed off. I I feel all I feel all right about the Little Mermaid only because Halle Bailey is yes. playing Ariel. I feel like if they had cast anybody else in that part, it would just it would be over. Like Yeah. Um, do you wash your legs in the shower? Of course. <laughs> legs, feet, every nook and cranny, like twice a day. Ugh. Nah, because I can't wait to wash your legs in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I do, yes, yes, I yeah, yes. Um, legs, feet, head, shoulder, knees, and toes. <laughs> <laughs> I just did the dance, people. I she did. just she did. I shoulders, knees, and toes. Yep. <laughs> there's that. There's that teacher moment. <laughs> uh, pool or ocean? Ocean. Um, as a as a person who learned to swim at age twenty one, and who has a healthy fear of water, um, I still would prefer ocean over the pool. Yes, ocean. Okay. Um, if they were making a biopic about your life, who would play you? <laughs> okay, so this is going to sound really, really random, but Lori Hernandez, the gymnast, she looks a lot like me. Like we look okay. similar. So I would say her. Now that you now that you've said that, I can totally see it. And obviously, Myron Scarlett Johansson would play you. <laughs> She's so versatile. <laughs> oh, my big reveal. <laughs> I don't really know. You know, maybe if not Scarlett. Uh, I've never, I've never, that's a great question. Maybe um, how about how about the funny guy uh, from, from uh, how about Keenan from Saturday Night Live? Keenan. I like Keenan to play okay i can kind of see that yeah like that could work my daughter likes to say tracy morgan and i go well uh, uh. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> as funny as him but i could go with keenan yeah or um who is the oh, shit i've the uh 
the shit guy. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? Uh, Wendell, maybe? No, yeah. Oh, I love Wendell Pierce. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. I could, I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> uh, nude beach or not a chance? Nude beach. I've actually been to a beach. So now, with that knowledge, I would say not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Myron! <laughs> I know, no more nude beaches. Damn, killing me. <laughs> All right, last one. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten? You know, I'll, if you don't mind, I'll go first. Um, think of this all the time uh, and I got this advice from my, from my mother be nice that is simple but effective yep so for me it's also advice that I got from my mother that she always says mejor sola que mal acompañada and what that means is you're better off alone than in bad company damn that's that's real. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, that is all I've got. Uh, Myron, do you have um, a book or or maybe a website that you'd like to plug? So I blog every week at deardean.com. Uh, random blog stuff, polit- American politics, global issues, and such. And then I'm also a published author. Um, have three books out. Um, they're all on Amazon and a couple at Barnes and Noble. Uh, Her Legend Lives in Use, my first book. There's a tiny little book that's also on Kindle and audiobook. Uh, a fantasy whimsical story. And then I have uh, my more uh, my novels, two novels that are uh, political thriller. <laughs> uh, one is BLM. ED, and then the prequel to that is Monuments, A Deadly Day at Jefferson Park. These books are not for kids. They're very violent. And they're but they are so good. <laughs> from the perspective of uh, uh, um, what I think sometimes are marginalized people, uh, women, women of color, uh, trans women, sex workers, and they are all um, actualized full human beings and they're badasses. I have a short story coming out later this year on science fiction and fantasy and then I have my third novel should come out this year as well um it's it's, it'll be a little bit different it's about a a young man growing up in a very conservative church and all the things that he uh, he sees and witnesses uh it's his coming of age story awesome awesome and we will have um the link to your your blog um in the description of this episode I highly recommend um, everybody check it out. Um, and Elliot, do you have anything that you would like to plug or? I don't have anything to plug. It's, uh, I mean, going after that, geez, like just like play the music, play me <laughs> off the stage. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm, you can always find me on Twitter, just like shit talking about politics or, you know, gushing love about my students. I, you know, I'm back in like 
teacher tweets season <laughs> um, at, at Eliane underscore Marie. And yeah, just look for things to come. I've got some things in the works, but nothing, nothing yet to announce. Okay. Um, actually, there, there is an exclusive um, that I would, I would like to drop in this episode. Yes. Um, is that Miss Elian will be a guest on um, the very first episode of my new show um, that will premiere in October called This Is Not an Endorsement. Um, it's a panel show and I'm very, very excited. Uh, she, was, she was one of the first people I reached out to. So look for that. It's gonna be awesome, I'm excited. <laughs> um thank you both so so much um this has been everything that i wanted it to be and then some um it has been fantastic uh you are both more than welcome to come back anytime you would like um together or separately um so yeah thank you so much thank you so much it was really fun i really enjoyed it great i i, I love your feed I love your energy, your positivity, and your focus. And I thank you for inviting us. And anytime I get to stare at uh, both you and Eliane for <laughs> You just made this weird, sir. <laughs> I love it. I If you enjoyed this episode please consider subscribing and if you're on apple podcasts leave us a review if you didn't enjoy this episode why the fuck are you even still here if you'd like to get in touch with the show you can email us at don't make this weird pod at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at sb83 productions on instagram at springbreak 83 productions don't Make This Weird is a Spring Break 83 production.